Hallelujah. Can we just open our hands this morning as we prepare to receive the word of the Lord? Jesus, we come to you with open hearts and open hands and open spirit today, open mind. Lord, to receive that which is in your heart to bring to us this day. We thank you for the opportunity we have to come to receive your life. You, the living word, come, El Shaddai, meet us here. You, the God of plenty, you, the God who meets us where we are, speak to our lives today. Not just information, but transformation, God. We pray for transformation today. Lord God, come. Speak through your servant. Grateful for Pastor Ben today. Release your word through him, we pray. Lord, let your word run swiftly in this house today and deeply into our hearts for your honor and glory. All God's people said, Amen. Well, one of the greatest joys I have serving here at Bethel Christian Fellowship is the wonderful staff that I get to serve with. And Pastor Ben serves as our youth pastor here at Bethel. And, and we are delighted this morning to welcome our very own Pastor Ben to bring us the word today. Would you join me in welcome? All right. Covering the riches of Advent. We talked about the last couple of weeks, treasuring the least, the last. This week we're going to talk about treasuring the lost. We're going to talk about it through the lens of the wise men. Peg did a, I mean, Mary did a wonderful job up here already. Kind of told the story. It's wonderful. Uh, you can go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 2. Just a, I don't know, pastoral word of advice for the Christmas season. It's, it's a busy time for all of us, right? It's one of the most busy times of the year. Like every day there's something going on. You're going from one thing to the next, to the next party, to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next party, to the... Woo! We're just staff parties. and You live till you've been to a staff party with Pastor Jim. Playing some games last night. Who's played games with him before? You know what I'm talking about. It's a busy time of year. Our, our, on our, what we're talking about during Advent season is remembering and treasuring. It's so easy to get through Christmas and be like, what just happened? Uh, take time. Remember what Christmas is all about. Please don't go into debt for Christmas. Remember what it's all about. Discovering the richness of the season. Even on Christmas Day, don't eat to the point you're complaining. Seriously. Remember what it's all about. Think about it. All right. So we talk about the wise men. 
The wise men, we've got kind of our, our own traditional idea of what the wise men were and, and who they were, the magi. Uh, we three kings of Orient are. If you do the research, I found a lot of interesting stuff. They think there was more like 12 of them, or maybe more. There was just three gifts. That's why we say there's three wise men. There was all 12 of them, maybe more. There was all their stuff, all their camels, all their whatever year to watch the stars. There was tents and crazy. So, after, after uh, this is Matthew chapter 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw the star in the east and have come to worship him. Then King Herod heard what he was... When, when he heard this, he was disturbed for all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chiefs, priests, and teachers of the law and asked them, Where is the Christ? Where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem of Judea, they replied. For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, is the land, O Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be shepherd of my people Israel. And then Herod called the Magi secretly and found, found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. They sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I, too, may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child and the mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, incense, and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Lord Jesus, I ask that you would open your word to us this morning. Pray you would reveal something about yourself to us. God, that you make yourself known to us this morning. Lord, that... Uh, Whatever situation, whatever circumstance, where, wherever we find ourselves, Lord, that you'd open your heart to us. Jesus, we love you. Amen. So, the text I got was the Magi, and the, the topic was treasuring the law. In my mind, I had a little, little hard time. I, how were they lost? How would you know? How, how do you put two and two together? I, it, it took a while to formulate and articulate. Were they really lost? I don't know. So they were looking. Anybody ever been lost before? I probably got lots of stories. You probably got 
You got found. Yes. We all got stories of being lost, right? We have, uh, I'm not lost, honey. I just don't know where I'm going. We're fine. It's over in this area somewhere. I urge then, first of all, that petitions and prayers, intercession and thanksgiving may be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in, in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people, this has now been witnessed to at the proper time. And for this purpose, I was appointed as herald, as an apostle. I am telling the truth. I am not lying. And a true and faithful teacher of the Gentiles. Therefore, I want the men everywhere to pray, lifting up holy hands without anger and disputing. Uh, trying to tie. I'm going to try and try, try and tie. Uh, a couple sections of scripture together. Um, another one, Acts chapter uh, 26. Whew, I'll get there, I, I, I promise. Acts, Acts 26. Now, the, the, the magi that were coming to see Jesus went and saw this guy, King Herod. King Herod uh, was kind of psycho. He uh, was very insecure. Said, who is this challenging my throne? He killed the, all the babies two and under. His, his, his son was the one that uh, beheaded John the Baptist. His son was the one uh, responsible for killing James and putting Peter in prison at Acts chapter 12. His son, they come from a really nice family. His son, King Herod Agrippa II, Paul goes before him and is able to give his testimony. It's an amazing thing. What would you feel like? Here comes this family line of killing, hatred, tyrant, nasty. And here's Paul standing before King Agrippa II. He gives his testimony in Acts 26. You guys know Paul's testimony. Once in, uh, he was on his way to Damascus. He was actually persecuting Christians. All of a sudden, God knocks him off of his horse. Uh, he's sees a bright light. He's blind. Scales on his eyes. God powerfully encountered him. He begins to... Uh, God uh, took him out of that situation, began to pour into his life, speak to him, train him, teach him, equip him. He goes to different churches around the world, begins to preach the gospel, begins to uh, do amazing things 
half of our New Testament was written by him. Pretty cool dude, right? He's now in prison for preaching the gospel. Sharing his testimony, telling King Herod Agrippa II what happened. King Herod says, you almost convinced me. You almost convinced me. I almost became, I almost believed. You look in verse 17. I'll rescue from your own people, the Gentiles. I am sending you to them to open their eyes and turn from their darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, so that they may receive the forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. You know, we can't talk about God's heart for the lost and winning the lost and going after the lost and treasuring the lost. Some of you never shared your testimony before. I'm telling you, there's a powerful thing when you share your testimony. But you look at what Paul did. In his testimony, he gives the gospel message in a nutshell. It's not complicated. It's not great. It's, it's such a simple, easy message. It's foolishness to those who are wise. Foolishness. doesn't make any sense. That God would send his son. You think of the innocence of that baby. He was just as innocent 33 years later. The wise men were seeking. The lost are seeking. Romans chapter 1, verse 20 says, Men is without excuse. It says, even in nature, even in nature, God has demonstrated his awesome qualities. Even in nature, he's showing off. I'm the good shepherd. What does shepherd have to do with somebody who's seeking? Somebody who's lost? Jesus gave the example of, I'm going out, I'm going to find that one. I'm going to find that one that's lost. I'm seeking, I'm saving, I'm going after. I'm going to go find that one that's lost out in the woods somewhere. Treasuring the lost. You know, if we don't have a burden for the lost, we don't have that shepherding heart, I'm going to go after them, I'm going to go get them. I'm telling you, the lost and finding somebody, getting somebody saved is nothing but a notch in the belt. Look at what I did, look what I accomplished. If we don't have a burden for the lost, we don't have God's heart for the lost. God's heart is a shepherd. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I'm a good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my, and my sheep know me. They know my voice. They hear me. He's the good shepherd. So went from seeking to signs. 
excuse me, I'm so thirsty. Science. I couldn't really think of a better word. So they were they saw the star, right? Uh, it was interesting, you guys. If you ever get a chance, Google uh, Star of Bethlehem. There's a guy who uh, just a couple years ago was putting a star outside for his daughter, and he's an attorney and had the money to do it. So um, basically, spent a bunch of time and energy and research, and basically thinks he found the Star of Bethlehem. And it, it had to meet nine criteria in the scripture. He says he thinks he found it. It's interesting. Sign. Psalm 19 says God is in control of what's happening in the heavens. The heavens are his handiwork, right? He gave he gave that sign to them, didn't he? It was him. Or was it just, whoo, stars aligned. Cool. <laughs> what it looks to me is, is seeing the one who sent me. I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but, but will have the light of life. Jesus The lost is looking for signs. The lost is looking for... They're looking. They're seeking. They're looking. They're going after. Just like God said, I am the, the good shepherd. I'm going, after, I'm going after the lost. I'm also the light. Guess what? Just like when we get God's heart for the lost, we begin to shepherd people. I'm going after them. I care about them. I care about their soul. I care about where they're at. When we get God's heart for the lost, we shine like stars in the universe. I think it says something like that, doesn't it? Peter. Philippians. You shine like stars. Is your life something people are looking to and saying, I want that? We live in a generation and a place where people are so hopeless, so broken, so lost. And they're looking to everything, trying to find. We're to radiate light. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its saltiness, how can you be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except for be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. The town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do put do people put a light and a lamp and put it under a bowl and said they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house in the same way let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven hmm. 
they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I'm thinking about, Pastor gave a message just recently on salt and light. Who remembers it? A couple people, great. It was not that long ago. Salt, I, I was out last week, there was like 12 of us here, made it through the snow. I was out throwing salt down on the sidewalks. I just thought to myself, I wonder if this is something, an illustration they had in mind when they wrote that. Probably not. But I'm thinking, if we're salt, I want to break that hardness. People are hard, man. Jesus gave the illustration of the kingdom like a sower sowing seed and landing on hard ground. Like, it's not just hard, it's frozen. I'm going to sow it with salt first. Let God penetrate. Whew. Light. Light, there's an attractive, attractive quality about light. I'm telling you, if you saw a laser pointer on the, on the wall behind me, you guys would all... <laughs> There's something about light that is attractive. There's something about light that catches your attention. I don't see any laser pointers. We're good. They're looking for signs. They're looking for... They're searching. They're seeking... Salt and light. We're called to be salt and light. We're called to be different. There's something about your life that's going to be different than everyone else. Remember when Moses was leading the people out of, out of Egypt in the wilderness and they're wandering for 40 years? Think about it. 40 years he's wandering with Two plus million people. He's wandering. God comes to him and says, you can go ahead and have the thing I promised you, but my presence isn't going to go with you. I'm not going with you because you're stiff-necked. You complain all the time. I just, I can just imagine what God was feeling. I might destroy you along the way, he says. You go ahead and have the promised land, but my presence is not going with you. I've been going after this thing for 40 years. Really, it was longer than that because Moses tried it in his own strength at one point. Didn't work so well. He runs into the desert. He's hiding for 40 years. Then he finally gets the people of, of Israel into Egypt, and then he's wandering in the desert for 40 years. Think about it. He's wandering for a long time, going after what God had promised him. God had said, go ahead and have it. I'm not going with you. His answer was, no, 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 no. I'm not taking one step if, if, if you're not going with us. And then he says something else. He says, 
How will anybody know we're any different than anyone else if you're not with us? How will anybody know there's anything different about your chosen people if you're not with us? What is different about your life? What is different about your life in high school than everybody else? If your life is the same as everybody else, there should be something different about the way you live, about the way you speak, about the way you look at life, about the way you interact with people. There should be something different. Salvation. So we know God put that sign in the sky, said, come here. Why was it a bunch of wise men from the east that came? According to the early book of Acts and, uh, you know, the the early church, they probably would have said, no, that's not for your kind. Don't come here. This is a Jewish thing. It was, it was a foreshadowing what, what God had available to all of us. Salvation. He called them even though they weren't Jews. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. Yay. He's the good shepherd. He's seeking. He's the light of the world. He's the gate. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You know, of all the people who could have said that statement very arrogantly, you can't get to the Father except through me. It's all about me. That wasn't his heart at all. His heart was, I made a way for you to get to the Father. You can get to the Father. You can have relationship with the Father through me. Through what, oh man, through what Jesus did, what he did on the cross. See how we got that manger scene and the cross right next to each other? We tend to separate those two events in our mind, don't we? We have this nice... hmm. Christmas story, Jesus came. It's all part of the same story. Jesus came to be a sacrifice. God is interested in everyone. We 
read it in we read it in First Timothy. God is willing. He wants everyone to come to faith and knowledge of who He is. First Timothy chapter one. Verse 13, even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of who I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience and example for those who who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Now that the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. He came to seek and save everybody. He's he's willing that none should perish. Says it in, if you're there already, 1 Timothy 2. We read it just a little bit bit ago. This is good and pleases our God, our Savior, who wants all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. He wants all men to be saved. Do you believe that? What about your neighbor? What about your neighbor you don't get along with? Think the lost are his treasure? Have the lost your treasure? I, I, I got to admit this is kind of a, I don't know, I didn't really like this word, but it started with an S. <laughs> it wouldn't have worked. <laughs> Supply, I, I like what Chris said, I'm a treasure with tools. There are, the lost have things we need. I'm not talking about give us your money. Give it give us your stuff so we can move. I'm talking about them and what they have to offer and what they have to bring to us is treasure. Who they are being with us is treasure. They are treasure. They bring treasure to enrich the body. The Magi, the wise men, brought treasure. Not fit for a baby. For a king. Oh, 
And Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. How does that tie in? He's a supply. I, I was working in, in New York. The end, the end of the time we were in New York got a little bit draining. I was working four 10-hour days doing construction. The job site was typically an hour away, so I was, I was gone from my family 12 hours plus. There was bad weather. It was even longer. I can remember uh, literally going and working in a garbage dump. Yay. If you've never smelled the inside of a transfer station, you know exactly what the prodigal son was feeling. It was hot. It was a thousand degrees in there. The smell could just the smell alone could knock you out. I was going. Uh, I can remember just, and I was doing part-time youth ministry on the side. You know how that goes. Uh, I was doing side work. I was here, there, and everywhere. And I remember coming home to Hannah and just, oh, such a baby. I remember several times coming home and saying, I'm so tired of working for bread that only satisfies for a moment. I'm so tired. I'm so tired of, I want to provide for my family and get, get enough and get do more work and do this and do that and go here and go there. Just the busyness and craziness of life and where to go. I provided bread for my family and it's gone. It's never enough. Got to the point, uh, I'm so grateful I get to not just partake of the bread and his supply for me, but I get to give it to others. I'm in a place where I get to actually give people bread. Man. The lost, they're looking, they're searching. They're looking for something that satisfies. You know what? Feeding them bread might mean just shutting up and listening. I'm telling you, crisis happens to everyone. Part of seeking and saving and going after and treasuring the loss is caring about their life enough that you're going to actually listen, enough that you're going to actually know what's going on in their life, enough that you're going to be involved in their life. I'm going to tie it all back to Paul's testimony. Paul's testimony before King Herod Agrippa. He gives him his testimony. In the middle of his testimony, he gives him the gospel message in a nutshell. Acts chapter 26. I'll 
rescue you from your own people, from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified in faith by me. First thing was, he opened their eyes. I'm going to preach the gospel so that God will open their eyes. Part of the gospel message is God opening people's eyes to the message. It's a very simple message, but if their eyes are not open, they're never going to get it. They're never going to get the simplicity and the awesomeness and the amazingness of the gospel message and how how unbelievable it is if their, their eyes are closed. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 and 4, Our gospel is veiled, it's veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds, the God of this age, the devil, has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. You can go ahead and preach to somebody. You can teach to somebody. You can share them your testimony over and over and over and over. You're saying, look what God's done in my life. It's amazing. They're not going to want any of it if their eyes are closed. They're not going to see the light. They're not going to see the star. Prayer. We're a house of prayer for all nations. Prayer works. How many of you came to know Jesus because somebody was praying for you? Prayer works. We got to pray. We want to see the lost get saved. We want to treasure the lost. It takes prayer. It takes praying. God, open their eyes. Turn them from the power of Satan to God. You open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God. It's kind of speak for themselves, I think. so that they receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So we talk about the sacrifice Jesus did, and you believe on that sacrifice. You believe in what Jesus did on the cross. Believe in it. But it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop there. There was a resurrection. And not only that, He's going to forgive your sins and give you a place among those who are sanctified by faith in Me. He has an inheritance for you. There's something awesome. There's something special. There's something something He's got for you. You know, we get, get, get in the other ditch of if you come to Jesus, your life is going to be great. Everything's going to be perfect. Everything's going to be wonderful. Not, kind of, not really what he said. Ask John the Baptist that one. What's that? Ask the rest of us. But at the same time, we can't neglect that he does have an inheritance for us. There is such a thing as heaven. There is such a thing. 
I get to go there. Joy. Wow. All right, stand up if you would. Can we get the worship team back? Jesus, we ask that you would let us treasure the lost. God, let us feel and see and know and understand your heart for the lost this morning. God, for those that are searching and seeking, God, those are looking for signs. Signs of your goodness, your realness, your faithfulness. God, those that are looking for your salvation. God, those that are looking for your supply. God, we thank you that you have taken us. You've opened our eyes. God, if there's anybody in here this morning that their eyes are closed, God, I pray that by your Spirit you'd open them right now in Jesus' name. Jesus, I pray, I pray that you would use Bethel Christian Fellowship as salt on the ice. God, I pray for your Holy Spirit to penetrate hearts this morning. Seeds of truth. Seeds of truth, God. God, for every single one of us in here, God, you use us to reach the lost. Use us to pray for the lost. Use us as shepherds, God. Lord Jesus, in response to your clear word to our hearts this morning, I want to ask very specifically as I stand before you, under shepherd in this house, I come to you who are the good shepherd the great shepherd. And I ask, Lord, that you would send salvation into this house. And I pray that you would release a spirit of the evangel, the evangelist spirit God in our house. Spirit of God, come right now with the gift of salvation and release the spirit of of evangelism in this house for the extending of your kingdom and for the glory of your name to each life 
to each neighborhood, to each household. Come now, in Jesus' name. And now with hands open, may you be filled afresh this day with the immeasurable love of God the Father, with the irresistible mercy and grace of Jesus Christ the Son, with the inexhaustible strength, power, comfort, and hope of the Holy Spirit, with you and yours, as you go from this house to yours, sent to make disciples of all nations. Go with the banner of His favor over your life until we gather again, either in this house or in our eternal home. I pray that the love and mercy of Jesus will chase you down all the days of your life. In His name, the glorious name of our Lord, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.